Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Sean Young with us from REI World Solutions. Sean is a wholesaler. He does land, but predominantly he works with VAs to scale real estate businesses. And I love talking about automation, about scaling, about using VAs to help um, you know small, medium, large companies really get more from their 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 processes. So I'm super excited to jump into this. Sean, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Man, thanks for having me, Gabe. I'm super excited to be here and share with the audience. Absolutely. Uh, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are. I'm sure you got a good one. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Let's go back, guys. All right. Let's go. My, my story is, is kind of, I'm not sure if it's typical or not, but I come from corporate corporate America. I, I was a, a sales executive uh, for 12 years. I was rocking it, top of the top percent, top 3% in the country in my field. And um, I, I, my company was based in Sweden. The CEO of the company changed, and uh, they decided to make a change with the sales force and the project manager. So I was a, a casualty of that. 750 of us were out of employment just like that. No warning. No that nothing. is the reason why, you know, I'm never against working in corporate, but that's the reason that I did not like it is that you have no control. Yes. You can be let go at no. a dime. Even if you're crushing it, you can be let go, mm-hmm. you know, on a moment's notice. So I jumped into your story. Keep going. No, you're good, brother. Um, That was my identity was wrapped around that that position and that job. So I told myself, man, I'm never going to be in this position again where I give my livelihood over to a company that could make a change just like that. So I heard about real estate. I'd always heard that uh, it was a way to to make a lot of money. I had no idea how to get involved with it without having a ton of money. I thought you had to be a millionaire or or something, inherit a ton of money. I I just didn't have a clue. So uh, I I, guys, I I took about a a year's time. um, Excuse me. I took the I, I got a severance package from my company. And I spent about a year, I, I paid for a program. I, I, I'm not going to say the name, but it's a, a hotel event I went to. They sent me to the back at the end and I, I paid a lot of money yep. <laughs> for to be part of something and learn something. And I went for like literally a year uh, without learning anything. I felt like a, I was just like a student and uh, it, I didn't learn anything. So I was literally about to go back into corporate America, guys. I was getting so many offers. I was you know, highly sought after. So I said, hey, I can't survive much longer like this. I've got to make something happen. So I went out there and I, I found a gentleman named Ron Legrand. He okay, was like yeah. the godfather of creative deals. He had a course that was 99 cents. It doesn't exist anymore, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a 99 cent course. I took that course, went through it in two weeks. I made set, uh, eight calls, guys. My first six calls, no one answered. My seventh call was a realtor. My eighth call yielded me my first 72000 $72,000, which was a sandwich lease option, guys. That was my right. introduction into real estate. I love it. I love it. And uh, it is so hard. I mean, it sounds like you you went a year without doing... Were you uh, doing deals in that year's period? Or what were like? What was Nothing the course taking you to do? <laughs> it was teaching me how to be a professional course taker is what I felt like because mm, it was yeah. another module after another module. Go back yeah. into that video. 
watch this module, go into this module. Yep. It was chaotic. And uh, I, I just thought either I'm the dumbest person out here or this just isn't for me. I don't know. I, I just wasn't <laughs> grasping. It wasn't pick. I wasn't picking it up. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I always suggest people do. You know, it's great to get a foundation with, with education mm-hmm. when it comes to real estate, but you're only going to learn when you take action, when you get out there, when you make calls, when you door knock, when you send letters mm-hmm. and you talk to sellers, get things under contract. That's how you're going to learn. You're not going to learn any other way. So don't dump all of your money into education. <laughs> you know, get a good foundation, but don't don't chase that. Uh, you know, chase that that fairy tale until it it, it drives you uh, drives you into a year of no action. So, but I love it. You you made that year. You didn't give up. Um, you saw mm-hmm. Ron Legrand's course, um, mm-hmm. and then you took action. And right after that, it sounds like things went really well for you. Um, yep. A sandwich lease option. I don't actually don't know a lot about lease options. I'm I'm in the commercial side. I do self storage, and you know lease options are a thing on commercial too. But I just don't run into them a lot, and I've never utilized them. So why don't we? Uh, why don't you instruct me? Why don't you educate me Ooh. on what a sam sam sandwich lease option is and uh, why it was able to net you that seventy two thousand? Guys, sandwich lease options are my favorite type of deal. They they are super sexy. All right, so this is how that how why I say this. You get paid three times, guys. You get okay. paid once up front with a non-refundable option fee from your qualified tenant buyer. You also get paid on a monthly spread based upon what the PITI is and what you can collect above that. PITI is principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. So whatever you can collect above that will be your monthly spread. Then at the end, whatever you've negotiated the sale price with, with your tenant buyer versus what you owe your, your seller will be your your payout at the at the end when you close out on the end of that that lease when that tenant buyer exercises that lease. So in a nutshell guys it's a it's a lease that someone wanted to sell their house. Um, it was someone who was in a bad position. The husband was going to lose their job. They worked for the airlines. I came in and said, hey I can take over your your payments for you. Um, put a qualified tenant buyer in place and um, and not you don't have to worry about anything at all except for collecting the money at the first of the month or we'll even handle that for you. We'll pay it to your mortgage company and, and handle it all that for you. You won't see us again until we close out at the end of the lease. They had to make that very clear because it's not a rental because they were a little nervous at first. I could tell they were like, so are, are we going to have to be landlords? No, not at all. With the sandwich lease option, that seller is out of it from that, from that point. And you are in the middle. That's why it's called the sandwich. You as the investor stay in the middle. So you sign a, a purchase to sell agreement with that, that seller. In this case, I sold it. I, I had an agreement in place for, would you sell me the property for what's owed on the mortgage at the time of closing? They agreed. I put a tenant buyer in place. I sold the property to the tenant buyer, 30,000 above what I anticipated was going to be my closing with the seller. That was my spread at the end. And again, guys, the PIT on that was about eighteen hundred. I charged twenty three hundred on the rent, extra five hundred dollars spread. Hey, it's 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 a it's a sandwich lease option. As that's why it's called sandwich. You stay in the middle. Yep, makes sense. Um, so, I I the thing that I see, and I we you know I love hearing new strategies. This sounds awesome. Um, I always mm-hmm. like my mind. I just start piecing it through and trying to figure out why it wouldn't work. Um, and in my mind, the thing that that kind of jumps out to me is. Uh, most notes, most more, you know, b- standard bank notes will have a due on sale clause, um, mm-hmm. where once you buy the property, that the the seller or that the note comes due, and so you have to pay the full amount up front. Um, is that are, so? Are you only looking for sellers 
who don't have that in their in their you know their mortgage um, legal or does it work or just give me an example of how that would work with a note already in place. Great question, Gabe. And that was something that I had no clue about when I did that first deal, but it was something that I found out about later on. And it didn't affect me at all. Um, there's there's reasons why, because for one reason, we didn't there, we didn't notify the bank uh, that we were doing anything at all because there was no need to notify them because we were in a lease. So mm. the lease was a, a lease to purchase. So it, it's a you have the option to purchase at the end of that lease. So there's nothing transferring ownership actually until that closing at the right. end of that lease. Right, right. So right. nothing, no one is notified. That's why I love those versus let's say a uh, subject to, or there's just different other options that, that will, that will, will, that can happen. Will that, you know, do on sale clause thing can, you know, be called up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. You're not actually selling mm-hmm. the property. It is a lease option. So you are mm-hmm. effectively subleasing the property. You have a master lease, which is the lease option. And then you are subleasing it to the tenant who you also have a lease option with? Yes, 100%. 100%. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That is stuff. <laughs> that's some next level creative financing. I love it. Uh, let's go back to your story. I, I love d- 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 diving into that. And uh, so you did that first deal. You got that $72,000. Um, it sounds like you got that at the end of the lease option when the the buyer that you brought into the situation, um, you know, closed out on his lease option. What from that first deal, how did you scale from there? Great question. So what I actually received up front off of that deal was I I received a $20,000 non-refundable option fee from my first tenant who moved in. Great tenant, great, great lady, um, had great credit. What most people don't know is that it's very hard to qualify for a mortgage out here. 75% of, of Americans can't qualify for a mortgage for a number of reasons. They could have been on the job for less than two years. Uh, they could have just had a divorce. There's just a number of things that could come in the way. They're great people. Um, so they're just not credit worthy at the time. So this was one of those individuals. She put $20,000 down, non-refundable option fee. Nine months later, Gabe, she said, Sean, I'm going to get married. And, and my husband, we're, we're moving to Hawaii. So she let me know. It gave me a three-month notice. I, of course, had other qualified tenant buyers lined up. And uh, my next qualified tenant buyer put it, put down $15,000. Non-refundable okay. option fee. <laughs> so you're so up guys, to $35,000 now. Yes, within the first year. Um, when I received that first non-refundable option fee, guys, I, I knew I still didn't know what I was really doing because I didn't even know this was called a sandwich lease option. I thought I was wholesaling. I thought this was called a wholesale. I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I actually went and got a mentor at this time, guys. I, I paid for a coach. Uh, his name was Tom Kroll. His, his name is Tom Kroll, still a great friend and mentor of mine to this day. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, so Tom Kroll, was, uh, he owned a company called Wholesaling Inc. at this time. And they uh, his program, his mentorship was actually what helped me scale, Gabe. That's what actually showed me how to create a business out of this, create systems so that you can have, you know, have this ongoing. It's not, it's not, it's not a one-time thing. This is a follow-up game. The money is in the follow-up. You got to have systems for all of these things. And I didn't understand that up front. Yep. Um, do you guys, do you guys focus in on one Metro when you do this or are you guys looking all across the country? Another great question. We did start off here in, in the Atlanta market, uh, but we moved into other markets. We are now in the North Carolina market in the Raleigh dorm area, Charlotte. We're also in Alabama, Birmingham, Huntsville, and uh, we are also in Ohio. 
So we are we are definitely in other markets, guys. Cool. And you're doing sandwich sandwich lease options. It sounds like you're also wholesaling. Um, and so you have all the tools in your belt. You're just trying to you know do the volume game when it comes to single family. It sounds like are you guys outside of single family or do you do commercial at all? We are. That is our next move. That's the next gameplay for us. Is it is to jump into that commercial arena and uh, get into the multifamily space because that is so attractive, man. So uh, we we we're not there just yet, but yeah, that's our next move this year. That's our goal. Perfect, man. I love it. So let's talk about VAs um, because the way that you're able to get to where you are today is you took mm-hmm. that first successful deal and then you scaled. Mm-hmm. And to scale, you need people to help you get to where you need to be. Um, what were the first? You know, after that first deal, what were the first few people that you brought on, and what did they do? Uh, how did they really help you get to that next level? Well, my first hire was a, a cold caller, and uh, and and it it worked out horribly. <laughs> my first, <laughs> like I say, ten hires were horrible because I didn't know how to manage them, train them. Uh, we were on different time. I just didn't understand the the culture differences and the philosophy behind. Behind hiring someone who was overseas, so to speak. Mm, yeah. So I brought someone on that was I hired someone here in America. That didn't work either. So I literally got I, I tried overseas again, and I got lucky um, because I, I said, "Hey, listen, um, I, this this has got to be working. It's working for other people out here. So just let me give it another shot." So I got a cold caller. That was my very first VA. That let me know that this was possible. So, so what I did was I said to myself, "I can't be the only one that's gone through this pain." So I partnered with the two largest call centers out in the Philippines to be able to create my own virtual assistant company and have them give me my VAs. So guys, I created a world-class professionally trained VA system, a company that's for the, specifically for the real estate industry. They come in college educated, professionally trained, and those are the things that I needed. So that's how I was able to scale, brother. Um, bring in a cold caller, someone to two cold callers, then an acquisitions manager, then someone to handle my dispositions, then a transaction coordinator. That very first hire, my first cold caller, she's now my executive assistant and has been for the last four years. So I love my folks and um, we we grow, we, 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 we move folks around and shift folks around as they grow with the company. And that's just the same thing they'll do with your organization as well. Absolutely, man. I love to hear that. So acquisitions, mm-hmm. dispositions, then transaction coordination. Sounds like that mm-hmm. was kind of the uh, the route that you took in terms of your first hires. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I did it the same way, so it makes sense to me. The thing that I found have found the most difficult when dealing with VAs is getting them to do to kind of see your vision and do what you need to ha- them to do, essentially to to really execute on the job, especially when you're doing with dealing with international um, VAs. So how do you go about mm-hmm. managing and training uh, the VAs to really, you know, execute well on, on your tasks? Man, that is another awesome question. I want you to kind of think of our service like a match.com. What we do is we, we, we sit down, we have a consultation call with our, our client. We figure out exactly what their needs are, what they're trying to do, what tools are they using? And we match those needs with our VAs that are within our organization. Cool, man. I like that. Match.com. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I used that back in the day. Good times. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, I, uh, I took a peek at the clock. It looks like we are running it down. Um, so I do need to move mm-hmm. us on to the quick question round. And that starts with books or any form of education. So give me mm-hmm. uh, two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, and then one for real estate specific. All right, guys, for general life wisdom, I would go with Rhinoceros Success. 
Scott Alex- Scott Alexander. Great book. Great book. Rhinoceros and Success. Book. You're the first person to recommend that one. I've never heard of it. Man, it is an awesome book. It's an awesome book. Go check it out. <laughs> I love it. All right. And how about your, uh, your, that was for life wisdom, right? How about real estate? Yep. For real estate, guys, I would say you want to go with yours truly. I've got a book out there called Adventures in Wholesaling. Let me show you how. Nice. I love it. And wholesaling is a great way to get started. Uh, if anybody out there is listening and you guys want to, you haven't done real estate and this is your first foray into it, wholesaling is essentially just the lead generation and marketing game. Um, it's a great way to get started. So it sounds like that is a good resource. And we will plug that, uh, you know, plug that at the very end of this segment here. And moving on to the next question, that's, this one is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Sean who is still working in corporate. Go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Sean, get out of there. They don't have your best interest. They're, they're self, they have their own interest in heart that you're growing their company, growing their business. You're making tons of money for them and you're getting a fraction of that. Go do it for yourself. So many people have echoed that across all of the different episodes that we've had here on the podcast. They wish they would have started earlier. So again, if you guys are listening out there and you haven't gotten done your first deal, just get out there and get it done. That is all you need to worry about. Just get it done. Get that first one done. You're going to be happy you got out and, uh, and got into the game later on. And that moves us to the third question. Actually, we've already covered the third question because it's about the first three positions you hired. You said you got a VA for your acquisitions and then for dispositions and then a transaction coordinator. So I just answered that question for you. Moving on to the fourth fourth question. This is about the US. It's a huge, huge area, a lot of square miles out there. Give us one metro that's not your backyard that you're most excited about investing in today. Tampa. Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. All right. People do love Florida these days. Tampa and Jacksonville seem to be uh, seem to be attracting a lot of investment dollars for sure. Hundred percent. All right, that leads us to the next question. This is about acquisitions. It's about finding deals. Every real estate transaction starts with actually the buyer and the seller getting in contact. So, what is your favorite way to find good deals? Our favorite way is cold calling, guys, and text blasting. Cold calling is amazing. I love it. Um, I've been doing cold calling, text blasting. I mean, you name it. I've done every strategy, and really, cold it. calling is probably <laughs> the best. Uh, yes. I like uh, I like mailers too, but it's just so damn expensive. Um, and the mailers what started off good for us. We go through shifts. We go through seasons. Some things work better at different seasons for us. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that that really has to deal with the market as a whole in terms of what yeah. other people are doing. If everybody's sending out mailers, people don't. You're not going to get any responses because you're just one of a hundred, you know, a hundred mailers they got this week. But if nobody's yeah. doing it, then you know, if you're in there, you're going to be the one that they call. Hundred percent. All right, and that leads us to the second to last question. You've already answered, man. You you're you know exactly what I'm going to ask you. So you've already answered this <laughs> one, but I'm going to ask it anyways. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So give me one mentor who contributed significantly to your career today. I'm going to give that to Tom Crow. He is a, he's been a, a huge, huge factor in my success. He continues to be a huge factor in my success. And uh, he's just a great individual. Love that guy. All right. Shout out to Tom. Thank you for helping Sean get to where he is. Moves us to the second to last question. And this is about your strengths. We are all gifted with strengths that we uniquely provide this world. So what is your Superman strength? 
to be disciplined even when I'm not motivated. That is the only strength that we all need, right? And that's the hardest thing to do <laughs> is to get out there and get shit done uh, when you don't feel like it. 100%, man. Yep. I feel like uh, for me, at least, the, the, the one thing that I you know, exercise that mu- muscle for me is exercise regardless of whether I want to, I feel like I want to exercise or I don't want to, or I do want to exercise. Uh, I just get out there and do it. And I feel like doing that every single day is a good, uh, good way to exercise <laughs> saying exercise yep. too often because, <laughs> uh, it's a good way to use that muscle and, and grow it for you. So 100%. And that leads us to the last question. This is about your business and what you offer. Um, you've given us a lot to think about. So, Tell us where can people find that book you were talking about earlier and uh, how can they get in contact with you? Sure, guys. Uh, Head on over to Amazon.com or any book outlet, online book outlet to grab that book. And if you guys are looking for, again, a professionally trained virtual assistant, head over to reiworldsolutions.com and uh, take a look at us, guys. We'd love to take a look. Um, As far as social media, guys, I'm all over the place. I'm at Nationwide Real Estate Mastery. That's my YouTube that's my TikTok. That's my Instagram. That's my everything. It's everything that you, everywhere you could find me is nationwide real estate mastery. I'll come right up. Perfect. I'll put those URLs in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Sean, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find his URLs. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for having on the show. I love being here, Gabe. Thank you so much, brother. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a like, thumbs up, share all that jazz. Uh, that's the only uh, the only way that we ask for support. Um, other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.